All right, guys, welcome back to episode four of the Rose Audio Experience. Today's a big one, potentially the biggest one of all time. I'm here with the head honcho, the pen of the hour, the, the king of the Clash Royale and potentially soon to be mobile gaming community, CWA. Ash, please feel free to introduce yourself for the one person that doesn't know who you are. Uh, what's up, Rose? How you doing, man? It's, it's good to be here. Uh, thanks for having me. Been a fan of these kind of podcast style interviews. I'm a, a Clash Royale content creator, and uh, I'm also like really involved on the on the mobile esports uh, side of things and kind of the business side of things in, in content creation. So I kind of wear many hats, but most people probably know me primarily as a uh, a YouTuber. Okay, sweet. So do you stream? You stream too, right? You're primarily YouTuber, but you stream on uh, was it caffeine? Yeah, yeah. I use. Uh, I use ca I do stream on Caffeine, which is like a brand new streaming app out there. They're still in like pre-launch uh, beta, so we'll see what happens with them. But uh, definitely been really kind to me over there at uh, at Caffeine, so I do that kind of on the side. Oh, good stuff. Okay, so I basically so I think we should start from like square one because I, I think a lot of people know who you are, but I think it would be kind of cool to to get some background. You know, like how how we got to this point right so like how did you even get started with youtube in, in like it's always interesting to me like what inspired people to start doing youtube because it's such like an obscure thing that like there's a lot of it, it's hard to do right to like grow a youtube channel and like gaming you know it's like especially like i think back when you started it was less i guess acceptable so i just i'm just really interested to see like how you got into that and you know just like what just you know just dive back to how you got started yeah, yeah. To this day, I think that like if you just meet a stranger and you're like, I'm a YouTuber, I think it's like synonymous with being unemployed. Kind of like, <laughs> exactly. Oh, so no, I feel you. Like, huh? <laughs> you know, I like, can only yeah, you're Uber drivers. I can only imagine you probably like have an alter ego. Like when I was, I I'm nowhere near your size, obviously. But even when I was in San Francisco for TwitchCon, it was like I didn't even tell my Uber drivers what Twitch was. Like being a Twitch streamer because it's just like right over their heads. But sorry, go ahead, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, man. No, I just I start I started uh, doing I started covering Clash of Clans, uh, a little over five years ago, and I don't know. I think like so many like so many people starting out, it was just didn't have no aspirations, no expectations, just doing it as a hobby. I think that's the best way to start out. You know, is, is to to make content that you would want to watch and do it as with, with like no intentions of growing or being the biggest or the best or anything just kind of trying to learn trying to get better at things every day trying to learn a new skill uh every day in terms of content creation and then or every week you know whatever but mm -hmm. just trying to add stuff to your portfolio so to speak and then you kind of grow from there and it's it's you know i'm not the best gamer not the best entertainer not the best I'm really not that great at anything, but neither am but I. Somehow, We're in the same boat here. <laughs> nah, man. But like somehow, I just took something that was a hobby, and I was I was steadfast. I stuck with it. I had you know one thing about me. One thing that I do have in terms of for all the things that I lack is I do have like kind of that grit, you know, in terms of mm -hmm. I don't give up easily. So even if I wasn't growing right away, it took me forever. It took me like four months to get 500 subscribers, to uploading daily, you know. And mm -hmm. I made like a big 500 subscriber special and back in like 2014. And, you know, it's just, it's cool to see how, how far I've kind of come from there. But at the same time, I try not to, like, I've never been someone to really set goals or anything like that. I kind of just, you know, mm -hmm. take it for what it is and, and try to just enjoy it, you know, because ultimately, you know, not to get too philosophical, but like ultimately, 
we just had this moment, right? So yeah, without, like always, this. Worrying, without always worrying about the future or, or where I'm going to be in you know next month or next year, just trying to kind of enjoy it for what it is right now. Yeah, I hear you. I, I'm totally with you. Like the setting arbitrary goals, like numbers, like at this date, I want to be at this number of subscribers or be making the, like it's kind of you know you can't really control it to that you know it's, it's get it's good to have like a direction but as far as setting like specific dates and numbers it's i don't know yeah. but I, th I think it would be interesting to uh, you said you did like a 500 subscriber special is that a video i think it'd be super cool to, like go back and like see <laughs> yeah, that and like it put it in, like it was just it like was the side by side <laughs> i recorded oh my, on my iphone 3 or whatever you know yeah yeah a two uh, megapixel camera yeah 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 that'd it's be pretty, super pretty cool rough. to see it's pretty rough to watch back but it was uh it's pretty cool it's like it, it's a good kind of you know humbling reminder of of where mm -hmm. kind of i started you know i know and then it's gonna be cool too because like in a few let's just say four or five years from now you're gonna look back at this like you need, you know you think your content like everyone like think your content's great right now and then in four years you're gonna be like oh my god what was i doing and it's just constantly getting better and better and better and that's that's the grind that's the fun part though is that it never there's no final destination as far as like content creation goes it's just always getting better there, there's no that you know that's it no final destination yeah, which is no, cool. absolutely. I love I love what you're doing here, like Rose. And I love, you know, one thing about you that I really admire, too, is like, and I can kind of, you know, not to suck up to you or anything. But the reason I when I, when I first kind of discovered you, I really had a lot of respect for for the, you, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth here. I've never talked to you about this off air, but you, you seem to like really treat things as a business. You love doing it, you know, but you also treat things as kind of a business. And I see that you have like social media strategy behind what you do. And you have like, you just have, you know what you're doing, you know? And that's something like, even I like follow you on like Instagram and stuff like that. And I can just tell like hot topics and, and, and whatever, like you're just always on it and you're always like, you know, mm -hmm. everything tagged appropriately and stuff like that. And <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's the fun part. I you love that yourself, stuff. You know, and you care about doing the, you know, you care about putting a lot of time and energy in and in, in learning uh, about, you know, every little aspect of, of, you know, every platform that you're on. Yeah. Like, no, I, that's like the fun part of this stuff for me is like learning how to do Instagram properly so I can maximize my exposure, like that kind of stuff. I love that kind of stuff. It's so much fun. So mm -hmm. I, like, I, I think, do you know Gary, Gary Vaynerchuk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a big inspiration for me. So I, I, I really love his content. I kind of just like follow his like content model and all that stuff and kind of yeah. just adopt it as my own. But it's, it's so much fun, like, especially because it's like gaming is something that I'm super passionate about. And this kind of gives me, so it's like, it's not work, you know, it's just, it's just fun. Even, even when I'm not playing, like just building your own personal brand and that kind of thing, it's super super yeah, enjoyable you tell like, that you're a gary v viewer just like from a lot of the tendencies and the habits that that, that you kind of display so that makes perfect sense to me you know yeah he, he like embodies like he articulates things a lot better than i can so it's kind of it's kind of cool when i found him i was just like this guy is just in my brain it is fantastic i i can't yeah, I get enough of it i was actually introduced to him through a, a business partner the the founder and ceo of space station gaming is also business partners with him uh, really? So I kind of I kind of got acquainted with with his content and stuff through uh, Sean Duras, who is is the like I said the founder of Space Station. So I'm kind of a recent uh, watcher viewer, I should say, uh -huh. of uh, of Gary V. But definitely great stuff. He's worth a follow for everybody watching on uh, on. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Oh my god, he's the best. Yeah. So how is what's the connection there? Because I know Gary, he's got uh, he owns like a, a part owner of like a Call of Duty team or something like that. Is that how the gaming connection locks in there? 
No, it's actually, uh, it was back when Sean Duras, I don't, I'm probably going to get the details wrong, so, because I wasn't obviously there, but it was back when Sean Duras was a, he was one of the world's biggest, I think it was top three Snapchat creator. So, this is the, for those of you who don't know, Sean Duras is the owner and founder of Space Station Gaming, and before Space Station Gaming, he was a huge uh, Snapchat influencer, which I didn't even realize existed, honestly. I'm not, not super hip to the Snapchat, uh, you know, scene at least in terms of advertising, in terms of influencers on Snapchat. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was kind of like almost the incubator for like Instagram uh, Snapchat influencers or Instagram rather influencers really taking advantage of the monetary uh, in the, in the, the, I don't know, the reach of, of Instagram. Anyway, he got huge. He got introduced to Gary Vee. And then he, I think, Unless I'm butchering the story too bad, and I don't want to go too far into it, lest I I butcher the entire thing. But <laughs> they introduced at a live event, and they really immediately hit it off. And Gary Vee's like, "I want to work with you," you know. And you know Gary Vee, mm -hmm. like he's the type of guy who, if he identifies somebody that could, that he just thinks is a winner, kind of, he'll go, he'll just kind of go down that road. And that's mm -hmm. kind of how it all started between those two. And uh, Gary Vee's not affiliated with Space Station Gaming directly, but other business ventures uh, together. Right. Huh, that's neat. Yeah. It's, it's cool how like it's kind of all interconnected. There's so many like things behind the scenes that you don't really see. That's that's super neat. Yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's definitely it's super cool. Super cool. There's so many like it's weird. The the, the more you go into gaming, the more you go into YouTube, the more you go into any of these these genres, you'll see that you know as you as you go uh, down that path, there's so many intersecting paths of other you know. Whether it be you know a guy like Gary B in business, or it be somebody you know a musician or an artist or whatever, you just you start to see those roads cross paths more like the further mm -hmm. down you go in a weird way. If that makes any sense. No, it makes perfect sense. I get it. No, it's it's super cool yeah. to like hear that kind of because like we don't have that kind of exposure to see the behind the scenes of of what the big dogs are doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's 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 cool. It's really okay. Cool. Just give you one second. I just got notified by the chat that my title says. Uh, Clash with Clash, so Clash with Clash. There he is. There go. <laughs> I'll just say uh, podcast with CWA. How about that? That's a good title. Okay. Well. <laughs> okay, we're all fixed. Okay, so anyways, so shifting topics. Um, obviously, I think you're most known for for Clash Royale. Uh, when you shifted to when you did the full shift from Clash of Clans to Clash Royale, like how many YouTube subscribers were you at? Just like for perspective. Yeah, I don't, I, I forgot honestly, but I want to say like around two hundred thousand or so when I switched okay. over. Still, that's yeah. like. That's a lot. So when did you know to make the jump or did you like kind of do a little bit of both and then switch full? Like what, what was that all about? I think the worst thing that content creators can do in uh, when you're when you're a one game content creator, not a variety gamer, which is the best place. If you can be a successful variety gamer, YouTuber oh. or content creator, it's like the golden ticket, man, because you'll never die. You're the brand, not the game that you cover. <clears throat> and you can transition to the hot game without your audience missing a beat, you know? Mm -hmm. But that's the vast minority of people who can have success being variety gamers as content creators and streamers or YouTubers. Uh, so I certainly am not a variety gamer. So I was a one game dude, Clash of Clans. And I was that for, you know, uh, over two years, two and a half years. I had been to Finland, you know, like a dozen times by the time Clash Royale had been released. I had. I, I had experienced like moderate success in that little ecosystem mm -hmm. of, of Supercell, you know? And then I started my views. I think I was getting maybe around like, I don't know, 30,000 views per, per video, 20,000 views. Which is a Clash lot. This is still yeah. a lot. You know, that's a fraction of what you get now, but like still, that's like a lot. Yeah, I was doing pretty well. Like I was still working full time though at my career. So it was just 
I was like right at that point where I was starting to make the same amount of money at my career that I was on YouTube at that point in Clash mm -hmm. of Clans. And then I started uploading uh, Clash Royale videos when it was new and people hated it. It was getting, I was getting so <laughs> people much People hate, hate change. They always uh, hate change. Like, Supercell, Supercell sellout, like covering their new crap game. Oh God, uh, yeah. But I stuck with it because I knew that, you know, you have, people always dream about going full time as a content creator. But there is a certain level of comfort of not having it your full-time job. You can take more chances. You can take more risks, right? Mm -hmm. And you shouldn't throw away those opportunities to, to be able to get a little bit riskier when you have that career on the side or that job on the side, you know? So mm -hmm. I looked at it as an opportunity to, you know what? I can grind double uploads. So I was like Captain No Life for a while there <laughs> where I would work, you know, eight to 10 hours a day at work work. And then I would come home and just, you know, make a three-hour Clash of Clans video and a three-hour Clash Royale video and just do that seven days a week, you know, mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> except for my off days, obviously. But still, so I did that for a while. And, it, and maybe about two months of doing that after Clash Royale was still in beta, but it was just released in beta. Uh, my views started slowly but surely. Clash Royale started at like maybe 3,000 to 5,000 views per video. And then it was like seven to 10,000 views per video. And then it was like 15,000 views on all my Clash Royale uh, videos. And then it was like 20K views on all my Clash Royale videos after like four months of doing double uploads. So, mm -hmm. and I was like, wow, we're the same now. Clash of Clans and my Clash Royale uh -huh. content was getting the same amount of views. And at that point, I've been doing Clash of Clans for two and a half years. So Clash Royale was kind of like, I didn't like Clash Royale at first, but after playing it for a significant amount of time, and and i kind of it grew on me you know and uh -huh. then the fact that it was growing on it, the views were going up whereas my clash of clans views were going down kind of made it an easy decision so maybe about seven months after doing that i slowly started to cut out clash of clans and just go all clash royale and that's kind of what happened that was back in you know 2016 and and then i didn't really look back i stopped eventually i stopped kind of playing clash of clans i still play very very sporadically maybe like once a month but that's about it yeah that's one of those games you just invest so much like i used to play too and as soon as clash royale came out like supercell kind of killed their own game for me like i didn't play clash of clans at all anymore but i got to like town hall 10 or 9 or whatever and i was like almost yeah. max so like there was a lot of time invested in that game but clash oh, yeah. royale just it kind of took over for me yeah yeah in but a lot I, of ways, I was, i'm really impressed by the clash of clans team like they've had like a real resurgence of a popularity oh, they're doing great it's yeah, insane. It's the number one game by far in Supercell collection, you know? So As far yeah. as like revenue goes, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Really? Like by triple, I believe, you know. Oh my god. That's yeah. insane. That it's older too. What is it? Probably six years old or something seven, like that? It's over seven years old now. That's insane. Yeah, Same things like when it came out. Same thing with like Rainbow Six Siege. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that game came out like, I don't know, probably like five years ago or something like that. And it was like it was you know, it's kinda of big, but it got like it got bigger as it aged, which is so like anti. It's like how video games yeah. are supposed to work. You know, it's crazy. And yeah. even now, yeah. I don't know what it is. Actually, this is actually a good thing. Um, I don't know what it is. Is that, like a lot of people, not even like just like not even within mobile, just in the video game community in general, say that it's kind of like a stale point for video games right now. Like there's not a whole lot of new titles being come out. Like it's kind of everyone's just kind of like playing Fortnite and everyone's like going back to like counter-strike and, and rainbow six and like all these like world of warcraft classic that came out and like all the you know it's like there's not a whole lot of innovation i guess you could say uh do, do you have do you see that too or do you have any insight into that like is that going to change soon you got any like insider info that we can well I, i'm an old man man so like rosa grew up you know in the 80s and 90s where where it was 
dude, gaming expectations were non-existent, right? So I think because of that, not to, you know, not to play the old guy card too heavily here, but like, I think my expectations are always a little bit lower than, than, uh, you know, the overall community in terms of like, I'm easily satisfied with, with games, I guess, growing up when like my first gaming system was something called Intellivision. And then, and it was like, I was maybe like whatever five or something. And like my dad used to play Frogger or whatever on it. And then, and then I graduated to 8-bit like NES and I was just like, I loved it. And I was overwhelmed by how amazing the graphics were and how detailed the storylines and the everything else, you know, strategy involved in, in some of these games. And then, you know, there were no game updates and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, the best you could hope for was almost like a sequel to your favorite game. And then like, obviously as time grew, like I went through the N64 generation of playing like GoldenEye and stuff like that. And, and then to Halo and stuff, but still, for me, I guess, I guess I'm, there's so many hundreds of thousands of games out there that I guess I could play games the rest of my life and still not cover, play a quarter of the games that are great out there in the world, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. I almost feel like looking at it the other way, not to be like a super optimist about it, but like, there's already way too many great games, you know, for me. Yeah. You know? So, no, that's a totally, that's like an opposite perspective. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not stressing more good games not coming out, you know? So yeah. I guess that's kind of that's kind of where I look at things, but it's a little bit different. I do, I I agree that if you just look at right now, there's definitely like there hasn't been a really hot game since Fortnite, you know, in terms of like in the whole zeitgeist of video games. But that doesn't mean there's not a million awesome games out there that I really love to try. Like I see some of these great new games, you know, uh, when they come out, and I'm like, I would love to play that game. I just don't have the time, you know. So yeah. there's probably dozens of those games I could name. I haven't had the time to play. So, you know, from a larger standpoint, it doesn't really bother me. It doesn't like, I don't really have a strong opinion on it. Uh, but from a personal standpoint, like, uh, or from a mobile, I should say, at least standpoint, I definitely kind of see that there is kind of a, a staleness right now in terms of no big hot game in a yeah. while. Yeah, especially on mobile. This is something that I think you have an interesting perspective on because like there hasn't been a blockbuster mobile game, like a true, a genuine mobile game. Because like Fortnite mobile, uh, that you know that's huge obviously uh, PUBG Mobile's massive especially outside the US but those are kind of just I don't want to say dumbed down versions of PC games but you know it's not like a, like Clash Royale is a game that cannot be played it's a not it's not a better experience on a PC right so yeah. there hasn't been like a true genuine mobile game in I don't know what was the last one Did Clash Royale would be the last one I guess that, that I could think of yeah, yeah, yeah. Brawl Stars much. maybe. I mean, Brawl Stars was pretty yeah. big, but not not like huge, huge like like how Clash was. No, it wasn't as big, but like you know the big ones. It's weird because you can look at things like just in terms of the overall popularity of the game versus like just money made because there's still big money makers you know out there mm -hmm. in mobile games, but in terms of like super popular, you know, it's it, Brawl, Brawl Stars is right on that kind of cusp. I think billion dollar games, right? And I think that I think Brawl Stars is a billion dollar game. I think. And like Clash Royale was, Pokemon Go was. Uh, I think Call of Duty Mobile is is it's one of those games that it, PUBG Mobile and Call of Duty Mobile, in terms of FPS or battle royale games, they're they're definitely really really extremely popular, and they're billion dollar games, and they'll be incredibly successful. But you're right; those are more of those like you know crossover type games, and a large. Uh, reason for the success of games like free fire which is another billion dollar game right uh garena free fire and PUBG mobile is because they're super popular in areas that don't have access to affordable like consoles you know because i think so, a lot of people in like the u.s north america like i had never even heard of that game what was it called again free fire 
Free Fire. Yeah, like a yeah, lot, I don't think a lot of people even heard of that, but it's like it it, it like dwarfs Brazil. all of the biggest games here. It's crazy. Yeah, and, it's and Brazil, it, that's just like, because they don't have the they don't have the PCs and stuff. So like, but everyone there has well, a phone, so they could all just play that. Free Fire is a little bit different. Like, so PUBG Mobile is so okay. PUBG Mobile is India. It wasn't India's access to phones. It was their access to fast internet, free, cheap, fast, or very, very cheap or free fast internet in India, right? So they had one of their major carriers. Essentially, the barrier for entry for fast internet in India for a long time was you had to have a ton of money, and that was about it, you know? Uh, then all of a sudden, it was like absolutely uh, one carrier, I forgot the name, they just decided to even lose money by creating a monopoly, right? Lose money short term by offering super cheap internet super cheap fast internet to basically every everybody you know mm -hmm. so that would cause a huge like infusion of of people playing mobile games that they could not previously play so anyway uh that was india and that was like the growth of pubg mobile and that was like the serious addiction and it was a huge it still is a huge thing in like socially in uh in in india like a problem slash uh some people see it as a problem. I personally don't, but it's they're dealing with kind of what we in the in the in the West dealt with maybe in the nineties, where like, is it an addiction? Is it this is ruining our oh, kids' God. lives? Stuff yeah, like here that, we go. You know? Do you see like China just like passed a law or something that you can only play so many hours a day if you're under some yeah. age or something like that? China's China's weird. In Korea too, it's like in some of these countries, it's like video games have absolutely taken over like uh, people play an unhealthy amount an incredibly unhealthy amount you know and mm -hmm. you know i think that we've as gamers i think we've probably all been there where we played an unhealthy amount of a oh, game yeah you can tell right you can tell when it's getting to be unhealthy even if oh you wanna, yeah you're like okay i shouldn't be playing this for whatever yeah. you know like, you kind of recognize it but you can't like stop yourself you're like i, I don't think i'm not addicted you know, i can stop whenever i wanted but the, yeah, but at the end yeah. of the day you're like oh i don't know if i could stop yeah, and most uh, most of the time it's just phases, I guess. But anyway, I'm getting way off the beaten path here. But you know, in in, in Brazil, it's a little bit different. It's it's uh it's actually the devices uh, versus India with the internet. So Brazil, they have access to cheap devices that can play games that aren't super graphic intensive, but are mm -hmm. moderately. So Free Fire is essentially like a no offense to Free Fire, but it's like kind of a really watered down graphic version of like a battle, like a PUBG or a yeah. Call of Duty. There goes know? that Free Fire so. sponsorship you're hoping for. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, one's out fine. the window now. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So just that's to kind of, yeah. I know we're like, we're bouncing all over the place, but that's good because yeah. that's like how it's supposed to be. But has there ever been a game that you're like, like addicted to? Like, like what, what are the top games or like one game or whatever that you like, you were genuinely addicted to? Like for me, it was like RuneScape and Call of Duty 4. Those were like my two, I, oh my God, it was, a, it was an addiction, but you know, yeah. it, it's obviously no more, but has there anything been like that for you? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, I never played RuneScape super seriously. I did it on like a, uh, I did it on for like a sponsored content and stuff like that. And it, obviously I know the feel of like an MMORPG because my big addiction was uh, EverQuest, a game called EverQuest, which was predated World of Warcraft. And it's just like an open uh, world uh, MMORPG. So I was super, super addicted to it uh, back in like my college days. And it ended up like, I, I ruined my life is way too strong of a statement, but it made me kind of swear off PC games for a long time afterwards. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's pretty much, pretty much it, man. I, I, you know, I played like, you know the typical addiction to an MMO, where I played like anytime I wasn't working for a, for a, a good time. Oh period. yeah, uh, you know, were you the same way or? Oh yeah, it was. 
you know, it, RuneScape was like middle school, high school, and it's as soon as I got home from school, it was grind time as long as I possibly could. My parents, they yeah. kind of, I think there was phases they're watching right now, but there was like phases that um, they would like limit me, and oh my god, I absolutely despise that because it's all I wanted to do, and it was tough too because like a lot of my like that's where my friends were at too is they'd be playing xbox they'd be playing runescape so it's like like well, you know, <laughs> if i'm yeah. not on there like i you know it was it was weird too because like my xbox and my computer were my basement so i was kind of like a basement dweller so i could understand why it <laughs> yeah. looks bad but um at the end of the day like that's all i wanted to do it was kind of good too because i would work like really hard in school to get all my homework done before i got home so that way i'd have more time so like that was good because yeah. i would grind out work in any any five minute window that i could i i would grind out well, you anything see, at least you still one had problem. Your kind of your, yeah your priorities kind of straight you know in terms yeah, of the, I don't think the grades ever like dropped down, or anything you know? yeah. yeah no it's not like a, you know I was never like failing classes or anything like that so it's just there you go. it's all I wanted to do you know is yeah man was I was pretty addicted to the Clash of Clans like I mean not on the same level as as like an MMO or as EverQuest but you know I have like I think a lot of people pick up like Clash of Clans way back in the day or games like Clash Royale and they think like it's so benign like I can never be addicted to like a phone game and I kind of again like maybe not addiction but certainly playing at it like an unhealthy amount of time mm-hmm. you know uh but you know not the end of the world compared to like where I had been but yeah I think I had that, that feeling mainly for Clash of Cl- Clash Royale is still a game that I can pick up and kind of play you know for just five minutes or an hour tops or so i don't i don't sit there and grind out for like unless i'm streaming or something or for content i don't sit there and grind out like you know eight hour play sessions on clash Royale. Uh personally you know do you yeah yeah i I play off stream a little bit whenever i'm taking a dump i'm guaranteed to play play at least one game of like it's like mandatory but i do catch myself from time to time like if i if i just like look around or like i'm not really doing anything i'll like subconsciously pull out my phone and i'll just boot up clash and then i'll like come to i'll be like wait how did i even get into this game like it's just kind of like if i'm if i ever don't have anything going on it's kind of just like my default where i just fall into like i'll just play a quick game but i don't even realize i'm doing it which is kind of actually concerning now that i say it out loud <laughs> no, I but hear you, i hear you i hear you, you know? i kind of have that same feeling sometimes where you're just like eh, clash royale boom five minute game done and then you're like okay yeah you know, it's so yeah well it's actually yeah five minute game now it's not six anymore so it's even more convenient so it's yeah. super yeah. enticing at all times um, yeah but then do but, you get those like screen reports though sometimes where oh, you're like oh my screen oh my reports God. are bad i spent yeah. an average of four hours on my phone or more or whatever it's like oh, is that what you said four hours I don't know. Sometimes worse. I have no idea. Like I forgot. Mine's usually like seven to nine per day. What? Which is not great. Keep in mind, I do all my recording from an iPad, so it doesn't count. I think so. Like, oh, so that's, that's just your just, phone. Wow. Yeah. Just my phone, but like, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of sick sometimes. When you get those reports, you're like, no. I, yeah, I'm in bad? denial. So I like I think like because at my job too, it's it's like a desk job where I'm in a computer. So like, the time that I spend in a chair and in front of like a screen per day. It's yeah. like if I let's just say I sleep for like six to seven hours a night. Oh God, it's probably 15, 16 hours in front of a screen of some sort, whether that be like a desktop or a phone or a tablet or whatever. It's like it's nonstop. It's crazy, and I, I never really like thought about it. And I don't know. I don't yeah. think it's that much of a problem. So it's like some people say, like all oh, the blue light is draining your eyes. You could be blind by fifty and like all that stuff. And it definitely hurts my back. My back hurts because I sit a lot. But 
Um, I just need to go to the gym more often to fix get that. But standing, yeah, go, go, go get some workouts in and get one. I, of those I had tests. a standing desk. I had a standing desk at work, I and I hated it. it. No, I hated it. I never oh, okay. used it because I don't know if you ever have you ever had one or used one. I've never used one. No, I thought it about looks it great on paper. It looks great on yeah. paper, but as soon as you get it and you try it one time, you'll be standing there for five minutes. You'll be like, oh, this is cool, and then like five minutes into it, you'll be like, this kind of sucks. I don't want to be standing <laughs> right now, and it's kind of hard to like type. It's just like it's weird. You know, it's not. I don't know. You'd really have to be diligent to to use it consistently. It's it's not comfortable to stand. And then I no, tried. I also I also had like uh, one of those. I don't know if you ever seen it. It's basically like a chair, but it's it's like a an exercise ball to sit on, and then it doesn't have a backrest, so it's used to like forced to sit up straight. I tried one of those two, which was good. But okay. at the, then I'd go home and my back would be. It was like a full workout because I'd be sitting there and I had to like support myself all day with perfect posture. So I'm like, yeah, so that yeah, was yeah. kind of unsustainable. But um, yeah. I don't have any of the special like I don't I don't have any of the special like workout uh, while you're doing work uh, you know desk work type stuff in my life but maybe I need to uh, maybe I need to invest in one I don't know I, I try to like get to the gym to offset my new sedentary lifestyle every day but oh my god that, yeah it. yeah there's been times where I, I haven't gone to the gym for like months straight and I'll just be and then I'll like have an epiphany and I'll just be like my back is in shambles right now I need to I need to get yeah. some exercise. It's bad, and then your mental state starts to drain too. But that's yeah, a whole different story. That that <laughs> oh god, we don't need to go into that. Get your exercise, people, is what we're is the point here. That's it. Don't that's don't it. sit in your chair all day because it'll drive you Save up. Save the lot. rest of the fitness uh, fitness podcast. Yes. So slight transition. So I just want to cover like a couple things, like because obviously you're a primarily a YouTuber, but you're also co-owner or co-owner or is it fountain co-owner of Space Station Gaming, right? Is that the right yeah. title? Okay, yeah, so sure, I just sure. want to like that's a fairly recent development, right? And like in the last few months, I think you announced that. So yeah. I was just I just want to I don't know if there's much info out there. Maybe I just haven't seen it, but I, w- I would just be interested to see like how that came to fruition and then like what your role there is. Like, it, are, are you gonna like handle the growth of mobile the mobile sector in space station? You know, like what, what's going on with that? Yeah, man, I think that. Uh, huh, so I was with Nova for a long time stuff like that with Nova and I just Nova focused more and more and more on the East. And here I am in, in Boston in the West. And it just, it wasn't a great fit after a while, very apparently for the last like year or so, you know, so I just kind of doing nothing in the esports realm and just to be totally transparent too, you know, the East esports, especially in the West is not a very lucrative business venture, you know, like, I don't know if there's it, any major teams that are profitable. Do you? There are some, but it's a lot of it's not through their esports, rather through like their promotion and advertising of their esports, which obviously goes hand in hand. But it's tough; it's difficult to grow. So for me, it was not on my radar at all, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm all about sustainability and I, I love the business side of things. It's something that I do right now. I probably do more than YouTube, you know. Uh, but I'm always I'm always very keenly aware that you know I made the decision to do this full time content creation. And my popularity really only extends to the popularity of these games that I play. So mm-hmm. what am I going to do in the future? I have a son. I, you know, I have bills, I, whatever, you know. So, uh, so we started a couple businesses kind of on the side about a year ago, Power Bank Gaming, who's my business partner, one of my best friends and myself. And through those business ventures, one of which really became pretty successful, uh, we met a, a bunch of other people, and one of them was Sean Doris, who I mentioned earlier. He's the founder of Space Station Gaming. So we kind of worked out a way where we could make a uh, make sort of a business arrangement and agreement where we would add value to Space Station by kind of 
combining one of our existing businesses with Space Station. And that's kind of, I mean, obviously I can't get into specifics about the, the, the yeah, of course. stuff, but that's kind of like how it all started, that conversation. And it ended up being that we traveled to Utah a few times. We flew out there. They're based in Salt Lake City. My first time ever to Utah. And man, they're like a legit, you know, right off the bat, they're a legit business. They have about 70 full-time employees there on premise, you know, in Salt Lake City. They have this beautiful, huge office. It's like a compound, really, you know, and I'm just like it's incredibly impressed by this out of an eSport org, you know, and one that I frankly didn't really know much about. But then even more so than that, we were so impressed by their attitude, their enthusiasm and mobile and their enthusiasm of having us on board, you know, not just as, you know, hired, you know, I was paid monthly by Nova for two, for two and a half years, you know, and I was just kind of like this dude on salary who, whatever, you know, and, and didn't really have any directional impact on the organization whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really consisted of me working with content creators and having to, you know, although the people at Nova were very kind to me and I have nothing bad to say about them, but having to withstand the public, uh, you know, uh, controversies that Nova would get themselves involved in, you know, and having <laughs> of course, to, yes. And to, you were kind of the face honest, of that. So then yeah, you had to take having the to like, of it. having to deal with like, oh, another Nova scandal on Reddit and having my name kind of thrown into it. And that for right. someone who values, you know, not to be so pretentious about it, but someone who really values my reputation and tries to do right by everybody I encounter just in general just as a decent human being, not as like some sort of a white knight or anything. It was, that was really tough to kind of swallow as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I made it through and I wanted, I didn't really have any intentions of getting involved in esports again. Like I have a lot going on, you know? And, uh, but when we met the guys at Space Station, it was really apparent early on that this is not just about, just about esports. It's about like business partnership moving forward in a variety of different areas. And one of them was obviously esports. So, we got on again. We came on as as co-owners of of the uh, the business, and yeah, just to basically heads of mobile, Powerbang and myself. And you know, for Clash Royale, we've done a lot of things in a, a bunch of different games like early on here. But in Clash Royale, we're kind of in a standstill right now because we applied to CRL in 2020 at Space Station. We had a couple of good conversations with Supercell and the head of esports there, and a bunch of the guys uh, under him as well. And at this point, it's just a matter of if we get accepted, you know, because I don't want to, it's hard to, to take on, you know, teams can be, I think the, the average cost of a CRL team year round, including insurance, including everything else, it's around a hundred thousand dollars. So that's a big in salaries, but that's a big investment to make if you don't want to, if you don't even know if you're going to be in the league. Right. So yeah. kind of yeah. just, kind of just chilling right now and waiting to see what Supercell says after the world finals. So. So they'll let you know, like, in, I don't want to say a few weeks, but is that, like, the timeline? Because then you'll go full steam ahead if you get accepted into that? Is that the plan? Who knows, man? <laughs> yeah, I don't Supercell know. They, never, is... they didn't say. They didn't say. They said basically that, like, you know, think they, they seemed impressed by us. Uh, they, they, you know, I think the cause went really, really well. But I think it's just a matter of, uh, you know, who drops out and if they expand the league, you know? I think having your name as a cosign in there is is enough for them to – you know, I don't want to say like immediately accept, but like, I mean, that's a tremendous without your name next to space station. You know, I, I think that you helped that a lot, that whole, that whole conversation. Yeah, man, who knows? We'll see. I don't pretend to have like some extraordinary effect on, uh, on anything, you know, but you know, hopefully they'll see that we're passionate about 
their game at least, right? I think that if anything, the fact that I'm there, they know I'm. They know I've been, you know, pretty, uh, pretty steadfastly covering Clash really Royale. Big so I think that, you know, yeah, I'm obviously gonna be really involved in the the team selection and promotion. You know, if we do get in, so we'll see. You know, and if we don't, we'll still be involved in uh, you know a bunch of other change in terms of just our investment in Clash Royale in terms of our CRL team. But other than that, we'll still be active. We'll still field a team, and we'll still you know uh, you know participate in other leagues and other games. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like, kind of just bounce. Does, does Supercell communicate with you like a lot? Because I know that they kind of have a reputation of not communicating with the community. Great, I think they're getting better at it, but it's not, it's not stellar by any means. I think that we can all agree upon that. So, do they? Do you have any like I don't want to say insider information, but you know, well, like, yeah, like not just me, but there's I don't know, uh, 150 content creators spanning the globe that have access to the dev build, for example. Right. So for whenever we whenever we upload a, uh, you know, whenever there's an update coming, we get the the access like a few days earlier, essentially, you know, in terms of beyond that, it's weird, like the Clash Royale team, I mentioned this in some of my videos, so I don't feel like no one told me not to mention it again before. So I'll mention it again. But it's like the Clash Royale team when it started back in 2016. Uh, none of those guys exist anymore uh, on on the Clash Royale. They exist. They're they're still living in Half <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most of them are still at Supercell or have retired. Uh, but nobody from the original team is there anymore, right? So it's almost like as a content creator, you kind of cultivate and you develop these relationships, and then everybody's gone and replaced, and it's hard to keep up sometimes with everybody mm-hmm. else who's 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 on the team. So. I actually don't have like a daily correspondence with anybody from Supercell on the. Cl- I do have friends in Supercell, but they're actually ironically on the Clash Re- a Clash of Clans team. Uh, so, and that's just more of a friendship, not like a well, give me the inside info to whatever you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I don't really have any any direct. I mean, I have direct contacts to anybody. Like I obviously message Seth uh, Rumham uh, or Drew, the community manager, but it's way more on like a business. Like if I really need something or if they right, have yeah. a really important question or something like that. But that's about it. You know, I don't really have like uh, not much of a it's not like they, they're certainly not asking for my advice when on the direction of the game, you know, to put, and not that they should. I'm just saying I don't have that type of a relationship with them. You know? OK, that's interesting. I, I figured that they would almost like because I obviously you have a whole lot of influence and a whole lot of insight in the community. So I figured that they would refer to you for at least an opinion, you know, maybe not direct changes, but I mean. I would think that you would be like a goldmine of, of insight to the community for them. I think like anybody else, they, they value uh, content creators' opinions, uh, but only to a very certain extent, you know? Like, ultimately, they're going to do what game, and I think that, you know, anybody in the community, if you took a second and wrote, like, a really well-worded Reddit post on what you think the game needs or whatever, I think that, and maybe I'm biased, but I think they would spend just as much attention on that as they would me writing a paragraph to them in a direct message, you know? So I don't feel like we have any, like, influence over the game's direction. Dude, if I did, maybe one of my million ideas <laughs> state of the game videos would uh, would be would not fall on deaf ears. And again, like, I'm not sitting here saying that my opinion or what I want is any more important than any other person who plays this game. I'm just saying that to me, it doesn't feel that we have any, that mm-hmm. we have any, you know, extra pull by any stretch of the imagination or anything. We certainly don't have a, like a, a part at the, a conversation at the a seat at the table rather uh, to the direction of, of Clash Royale. There's never been any of those conversations or anything like that. Way back in the early days, I did feel like we had way more of a say 
Uh, and maybe it's, again, kind of recency bias. But I felt like the team initially really wanted a lot of feedback, whereas now I feel like they're kind of doing their own thing, which is certainly their prerogative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think no, I think that especially recently that they've been doing a lot of the right things, you know, the step in the right direction that like the future of the game, like the, when the game first came out, it had its peak and then it kind of started to come downwards and then it started to plateau. Right. And now I think it's starting to head in the right direction again. Do you have any uh, insight or like what's your opinion on like the future of Clash Royale? Like, what do you think? Yeah, man, like like anybody else, I see the game through my own lens. Right. So I see it through the lens of somebody who is a content creator who makes a lot of their living covering the game, too. So. Uh, for me, it's like if the viewers aren't there, then the game popularity must be dwindling, you know? And views have pretty much across the board, everybody, uh, been dipping a bit in in, uh, in Clash Royale. So, I, you know, to say I'm, like, concerned, I'm certainly not concerned. I don't think the game's going anywhere. Like, big picture, macro, I feel like, you know, the Clash Royale will exist and still be doing all right in five years. I, I'm pretty confident in that, you know? Uh, but at the same time, like, will it... Will it, is the, are the glory days really behind us in Clash Royale? Is there going to be some major stuff? Are they going to take, like, I've said this so many times on my YouTube channel, but I guess by nature, I'm a little bit, I, I'm an optimist and I don't like to take cheap shots. At the same time, I, I have high expectations for them to continue trying, you know, not being afraid to, to, to implement some big features into the game. And, right. and although I do agree with you, like we have a tendency to look back at the, the olden days in Clash Royale and be like, things were amazing back then. And uh, it's, not defi- it's definitely not the case. They made a lot of headway, especially in card upgrading and free-to-play players. Like mm-hmm. I still get complaints every day how unfree-to-play friendly the game is. But man, we've come a long way from where we were Oof. to now, you know? Uh, even like trade tokens and requests and extra, like there's so many different things that didn't exist back then. And when you started this game, it was, it was like over $20,000 to max your account. It was insane, you know? Uh, but anyway, I'm getting a, to answer your question is like, I like where the game's at, but I don't love where the game's at. I feel like they're playing it very, very safe, small updates, consistently small updates, and I want something a bit bigger. I want to get that hype kind of back to the game, you know? Maybe I'm being greedy, uh, or maybe I'm not giving the appropriate amount of uh, respect to these small changes that are good. But for me, I just like I just want more. I want something bigger. I want them to take a chance, you know? Yeah, something earth shaking. So, like, what, what, what would I think you had a video on this? But just like sum it up. Like, what would one big idea be that you think that they can kind of just like shake the ground with? Yeah, man, I have so many different ideas, and so many, uh, so many other people have have given so many great ideas too. So for me, it's almost like, I don't even care what it is. I just want something, you know, I just want, <laughs> yeah, something, anything. I just want something like different and, and new, right? Even if it's some cheesy third bridge thing, like let's just try it out and see what it is. As, try it as a special mode, you know? I like the thing that I'm on right now that I really would like to see is like a PVE type mode where, you know, every season there's a boss and mm-hmm. everybody in the clan gets a chance to attack this boss. They have like whatever, you know? And then the boss has like, whatever eight million hit points right and then everybody gets two attacks you know against it or whatever you know and then you get rewards based on how much damage you did or something like that you know and then they could scale based on what league you're in you know the more damage on bosses you know like uh, that's that might not be the right idea it might not fit very well yeah but i see what you're getting at is it's just like so out there and it's it's not in their usual line of updates right now so just something bold like that yeah no i I see what you're saying that's that's it i think that's a pretty good idea i'm sure there's others out there if you go on reddit or whatever i'm sure there's a billion ideas 
I'm sure there's a million ideas. And it's like, you know, obviously, you know, I was against the hero idea for a while in the game, but like now why not try it? And if it sucks, get it, it like put it in as a special game mode. They clearly clearly already have it there. The art is already in the client. The, you know, the coding is already there. They've tested it. They didn't like it. But you know, try it as a special game mode, you know? Uh, make make ones make season seven or eight or nine or ten or eleven like the 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 season of heroes or whatever mm-hmm. you know and just try it out see what people think and if it sucks then then you know move on to the next idea but I feel like the game just my opinion has been lacking like anything other than new cards balance changes new arenas new skins you know at least mm-hmm. maybe I'm wrong but that's how it feels to me you know no I think we're all in the same boat there I think they're just trying to like balance out the game right now just get in a good spot because obviously with like the executioner meta and stuff like it's, it's always been pretty rocky at least from what we can you know, our we have a skewed view because we don't have like the view of the casual player because we all have like twitter accounts dedicated to cr and like we're we're all pretty hardcore if you're if you're watching and listening to this right now you're definitely like a hardcore player so it, we don't and that's i don't know that's like a small percentage of, of the base you know you gotta remember like 99 percent of the player base is super casual so it's all it's a whole different perspective it's true like, but like at the same time I don't think that I don't think that new features would be necessarily unappealing to a casual player, you know? I mean, you could say the same in a game like Clash of Clans. I feel like sometimes uh and again, this is I don't think the team has even said, "Oh, we don't want to disrupt casual players." So I don't want to put words in their mouth. But at the same time, like I feel like you can hide behind the the whole casual player thing sometimes, you know, and be like, "We don't want to upset the casuals." Because, like, they don't have a voice, so it's easy to make up their mind for them, you know? Like, 99% of our game are casual, so we don't want to mess with them. But it's like, okay, you know, 99% of Clash of Clan audience is casual, but yet they're adding... And this is the thing that I want to kind of contrast to the game teams in Clash Royale and Clash of Clans, is that they had, you know, they both went through big changes. The Clash of Clans uh, game team got a new game lead after having the same one for a long time. The inventor of Clan Wars of Clash of Clans... He left the team on sabbatical and then he came back to Supercell and he went to another game, like a new game that's not released yet. And and then in Clash Royale, they had a lot of turnover too. The Clash of Clans team though, you know, and this is just from my view on the outside looking in, the truth might be different than this, but this is just kind of what I see. Clash of Clans team, they added so many like risky things. They added like Town Hall 13, now Town Hall or Town Hall 12, then Town Hall 13 coming out. And they added uh, a bunch of new troops, a bunch of new, uh, and, and, you know, people who don't play Clash of Clans might not know that, you know, adding a new troop is not like adding a new card in Clash Royale. It's a huge deal. Like what used to be like two years for a new troop, you know? And they added a whole new builder base going back a couple of years ago. They added a new, like a way better uh, pass system than Clash Royale's pass system and trader wars and clan games and all kinds of stuff, you know? And I guess what I'm, what I see as a content creator is man, dude, that clash of clan team is making moves. Like even if something's not popular, they just keep plowing on and adding more stuff to the game, you know? Whereas I don't necessarily see the same in clash Royale right now, not to be negative about it. Cause of course I love the game and I, I cover it every day, you know, but that's kind of how I feel, you know? Yeah, of course. It's, you know, we all wish the best for the game, obviously. So it's good to, you know, voice some constructive criticism. You know, it's not it's not bashing by any means. Um, yeah, but I yeah, mean, it's yeah. it's cool. Like Clash of Clans, I guess you could say, like it almost feels like a different game. Like it's still the core is still there, but there's so much different than there was three, four years ago or whatever. It, whereas Clash Royale, it still feels like the same game. You know, there's different nuances, different cards, different play styles, whatever. Yeah. But you know, it, the yeah. the core hasn't changed that much. Yeah, man. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, I still obviously think the game's great. 
you know and i think that in a vacuum obviously i recommend somebody download it i think that it's uh you know the community is amazing the competitive scene is really good right now uh so i think there's a lot to be happy about in the in the game i do like the fact that even though the meta always gets a lot of hate and last month's meta was really oppressive i still think that the game is even though you can scratch your head at some of the balance changes and stuff like that, that aside, I think you can play a variety of different archetypes and have success. And I think that like the meta is still diverse enough where it doesn't feel like, you know, I mean, maybe it might feel like this, but you know, statistically you're not going against the same deck every time. So I think there's a lot of good things in the game right now. Uh, but at the same time, I just, I, you know, maybe it's the content creator side of me, you know, with this wish, but I just wish they would be a little bit more, uh, proactive with bigger updates, you know. I guess like I'd rather wait longer and get a massive update than than keep getting these small ones. But just just my personal opinion. Yeah, just something to make the game feel like super fresh again. I totally get it. it just needs like a something big to really shake it up because the, the the updates are good, but like I think you said, they're not great. So just something to something to yeah. really push the boundaries. There's some, there's some like low hanging fruit too that I think that like why don't they do this? Why don't they make like uh, like sure everybody wants like a ladder rework or something like that but why not just at, in the meantime why not just like this is this is such a small thing that would take probably like what do i know i'm not a coder but maybe like 10 seconds to do right but like add a leaderboard for level 12s and 11s and on ladder or whatever nine like anybody like why not why isn't there a separate leaderboards for everybody that way at least like if you're not max you still feel like okay i want to be the best level 10 in the game like mm-hmm. i don't know it, what's the downside to that you know i, I just think that you know, uh, I guess if I'm cynical, the downside is people will have incentive not to spend more money to upgrade those. Uh, yeah, yeah, see. Know? But but uh, but honestly, like I don't know. There's a bunch of little things they could do to make the game feel a little bit more competitive and and appealing in a in a healthier way. I feel like, but I don't know. It's me. Yeah, no, I, that's a good idea. I never heard that one. Like leaderboards for that, huh? Yeah, that's, that's a good. I like that one yeah. a lot because that would kind of be cool to start a new account, kind of start fresh. And then for level ones, they would like it too, right? Level one, highest level one. Oh yeah, those guys are crazy. I don't know how they do it. Those level ones account. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so shifting shifting topics here. I, I know you got to get out of here soon, so we'll uh, we'll start wrapping it up if that's all right. Yeah, um, sure, man. Take your time. It's cool. So, so I just want to do one last thing because you got like the three pillars, right? Um, and I think we covered the both. Like, uh, covered YouTube, we covered Space Station, and then the other big thing, if I'm understanding correctly, is the aftershock. Um, talent group is that correct yeah yeah talent agency yeah so I personally don't know a whole lot about that but uh, you're the founder correct so I I just wanted to like see what that was all about basically sure without like boring your your viewers too much uh, it's uh, it's so after having done this full-time now for about four in YouTube, I've worked with a bunch of different agencies. So agencies essentially just being companies that bring us deals, content creators, right? Give us 90 second advertisements or full video uh, or live event uh, uh, appearance opportunities, stuff like that, right? And basically, you know, it could be anything as simple as, okay, there's a big convention coming up. Okay, E3 is coming up, Twitch Compacts East, whatever. Uh, We're going to get you a few paid appearances there or paid to try these games. That way you can basically go there for free. You know, they're paying whatever, you know? Uh, and then it, it, then it opens up into like more opportunities. Like YouTube ad revenue doesn't pay that well. You really need to diversify your, your, your income to be a real successful content creator, you know? Unless you're absolutely huge, then that's when you start seeing like the bigger ad revenue, you know? Uh, but so dealing with agencies is great, right? Not MCNs. MCNs take your YouTube revenue and no content creator should ever sign with anybody who touches your YouTube revenue. 
but people who, you know, we're super transparent, right? We bring you deals. We take 20% of the deal. That's for our operation costs. The margin's very slim here, but it's still like a really fun and cool business to do. And then uh, you get 80% and uh, that's basically it. You do that. You choose to do it or you choose not to do it. Right. So that's like kind of the business model. And uh, yeah, PowerBang and I worked with agencies for years, right? There's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of good agencies out there. We saw what the good ones did well. We saw what the bad ones did poorly. And we thought to ourselves years ago, we could do this. Like we could do, we, we know a lot of content creators. We know a lot of developers. We know a lot of brands just from working in this industry for so long. We have a good relationship with, with YouTube and Google and the marketing teams. And I think that we could, we could probably do this. So we were working at an, an agency uh, for about a year and a half and we, they had like a rock star sales lead and she ended up parting ways with that company. Long story short, we're like, you know, now's our opportunity. This is about eight months ago. Now's our opportunity. We incorporated, we hired a lawyer. We got the whole thing done. We, we made a company and it just, it, it took off out of nowhere because it turns out if you treat people, you know, with respect and you, I don't know, you, you already have good relationships with content creators you can, uh, it, it's not a bad industry to be in. So essentially that's what we do. We work with about 150 content creators, about 30 exclusively, meaning that we're their full-time agent, uh, full-time manager. Uh, and we get them deals. We, we help them. They're all, I think all of our content creators are full-time content creators, but we help them create and maintain that stable income uh, on top of ad revenue, which again is isn't isn't enough for most people to have a family and a mortgage and cars and stuff like that or whatever you know support a family food, uh, so that's what we do. Yeah, the ad revenue is unreliable, I guess you could say, and it, it could kind of fluctuate. Like if YouTube makes one small change, the next thing you know, your channel's demonetized or you get half the ad revenue or whatever. And yeah, everyone has different different uh, what's it called like RPMs or not RPMs. That's in a car, CPMs, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. CPMs, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone has different, depending on what they're, what they're driving, right? Yeah, so, so yeah, everyone's got different CPMs. There's a million different factors that go into it, so it's totally not like a reliable main source of income. But that, yeah. that was interesting because, like, I don't think a lot of people, like, the, one of the big things I wanted to do in this podcast was just kind of shed light on like a big picture of like who you are and really just get to know you and paint that picture for, for myself and everyone watching and listening. Um, because obviously we, we all see your videos. We know that, but just kind of like outside that, like what you're up to, I think that's super interesting yeah. just to kind of get to get to know like you better and what you're all about. So kind of going on that and to just like round things out, I guess, um, chat, if you guys have any questions, feel free to ask them now. I'll, I'll pull one or two, uh, as we wrap up here. But like the one that I have is like, what, what are you, do you have any like obvious hobbies outside of, of like content creation and like gaming or anything like outside of what we see wh what do you do <laughs> like what well, do you enjoy I am you know a workaholic which is 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 a, is a blessing and a curse so with aftershock and space station and youtube uh i have like you know i work a lot i work seven days a week pretty much 365 days a year you know and it's kind of uh my free time the number one priority is obviously my son right so Free times, I'll be watching, like, you know, playing with cars or something or watching kids' movies nowadays, you know. But I do like, you know, during when I'm in bed at the end of the night or whatever, you know, I like just like anybody else, I like going out with friends and stuff like that. I like, I love the Boston Celtics, I love NBA, I love basketball, I like, uh, I love true crime. So I'm a big documentary guy and I'm had that like sick, twisted side of me that likes <laughs> like dark true crime documentaries uh -huh. and stuff like that. I like movies and like, you know, just the general stuff. I touched on it earlier, but I like, uh, 
uh, any, I, I have like a, a, I collect like retro games. So I watch like some retro gaming YouTubers uh, and stuff like that. Uh, just like NES, Super Nintendo type stuff. And I guess that's, that's pretty much, pretty much it. You know, I like, I listen to a lot of, uh, I listen just because I'm either working or traveling, like driving or flying, or I am uh, at the gym, right? Every day, that's pretty much all I do. So I listen to a lot of audio content, right? So I listen to podcasts, a ton of podcasts, a ton of audio books. And uh, I think that's pretty much, pretty much it, man. <laughs> that's like my, me in a nutshell, I guess, you know? That was, that was good summary, wrapped it all in there. Yeah. So you you have like a, like a collection of retro games. Like I'm guessing, like you don't play them all too actively, just because I'm sure you're one of the busiest guys that I know. So like you, I'm guessing you just kind of like it's cool, nostalgic to kind of look at and I don't know, reminisce. Yeah, man, I, guess. I started like yeah, I watched some documentary like probably a ten years ago about some guy who was collecting every Nintendo game ever made, and I was like, that's kind of like a cool hobby to do, like on the side. So I started, and then. I was able to, you know, like, I guess it's the only thing I collect, but I collect like retro games. So just kind of starting back in, uh, I don't know, like I said, like 10 years ago or so, I just started like here and there just picking up and I haven't done it in quite a while, like maybe a couple of years, but I have them all, you know, like you said, I'm kind of a shelf queen. So seldom do I get a chance to play them just because of time constraints, but it's always one of those things that, you know, what, when I have more time, I'm going to, I'm going to take a little time out and play some of those games, you know? Uh, with mm -hmm. my son, you know, that's how I envision things, but I don't know. That's pretty much it. Uh, no, I think that's super cool. Like gaming with, with your, with your kids. I think that's like one of the coolest things as yeah. far as like yeah. bonding goes, but yeah, I'm a nerd, man. you know, that's, that's what, that's the kind yeah, of stuff yeah, that I yeah, look yeah, forward yeah. to, you know, I can't wait to do it. He's still a little too young, but yeah, but eventually, you know, down the road, yeah. 10, 20, 30, yeah. <laughs> long ways yeah. away. But yeah, my, exactly. my parents are watching right now. So don't worry. Long ways away. Um, <laughs> But yeah, okay. Are so if you really watching, are you serious? Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Hey, Rose's parents, what's up? <laughs> yeah, no, they're watching right now. They're uh, actually right through that door. Um, cool. But yeah, so if we wanna we wanna wrap it up right now because I know you you got a, a million things to do right now. So um, I just want to look at the chat. I don't know if you've been browsing it at all um, to see if there's any questions. Yeah, off and on here. Let's see. Uh... <laughs> Ask him when, dude. I'm proud to say I've already hit. Hang on, you, you cut out there. You say, you, oh, you already hit 6K. What's your PB? Like, your what's your personal best? I don't know. It's like 65 and change. I suck. <laughs> okay. No, I just wanted to see if mine was any better, which it maybe is. We'll, maybe we'll try to read. Not by much. We'll try to improve this season. We'll try to improve. I'm at like, like 66 right now, so we'll see what I can do. <laughs> oh, you're higher than me. My, my best is like 6603, and that was a miracle that I got there. So what, I, what, I got do to you beat by like a game. It was, no, I... I don't have a maxed account by any means. I've got like 25 max cards, so I've always had to use like off meta, like kind of janky decks. So I've always used like minor. I think when I got that, it was like some weird minor fireball deck. Like it, it really didn't make much sense, but I, I knew all of the interactions. So I was able to, to string together a couple of lucky matches and get to it. But um, yeah, I, I don't have the luxury of playing any meta decks or anything close to that. So I, I got to throw stuff together with what I got. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. It's kind of like, whenever if you like hit that lightning in a bottle with one random deck you're like okay i got this i think i hit it with like golem of course the lowest skill archetype i could find i think that's what i i got to mm -hmm. my personal best with so we'll see right now i'm playing like 2.9 Wallbreaker bomb tower cycle deck uh so that's what i'm gonna go for tonight if i have any time to play we'll see if i can uh if i can make something happen <laughs> sweet all right, so just like one question in the chat here that popped out yeah. from uh, from the cash man tips if you're just starting as a content creator, I, I think that 
a lot of people like I get DMs fairly regularly so I can only imagine how, how much you get but people just that are thinking about streaming or YouTube or whatever and they just want to you know they don't really know what to do I, I kind of help them out with like tactical stuff of like equipment needed and all that stuff but just like yeah, I know the general cash man's a really tips. Good, like, I've seen a bunch of his streams so he's a really good stream he's not even I wouldn't even call you starting out man I think that you're a pretty uh, established streamer but you know I guess it's different if you're going to be focusing on streaming or on YouTube. I am like a YouTube. Uh, I, I really highly recommend everybody, even if you're a streamer, you also do YouTube, even if it's just VOD content uh, like you do, Rose, sometimes, or like standalone content or like tag and BRAD does. Like it's really important to have both platforms, in my opinion, especially in mobile. Uh, and then beyond that, you know, definitely having a level of consistency, right? It's it's so important to be as consistent as possible. Uh, that's obvious though. You know, in terms of content, it, it's, it's cliche, but like do what you would want to watch. Make what you would want to watch. Like think about it. Surprisingly, people do not go through these steps where when they're making a video, they like tag and title it and, and theme it around something that they they don't even think about what they would click on, like what they would really want to see. Like mm -hmm. think, use yourself as the barometer, make your content appeal to yourself, number one. And number two is like, when you find something that works, don't be afraid to do it again. You know, a lot of people are like, okay, well, I got big views on this video or I got a lot of viewers on this event, but I don't want to, I don't want to overdo it. You know what? Your, your audience will tell you when you're overdoing something. So listen to your audience. And how do you listen to your audience? Like obviously read the comments, look at your likes and dislikes. But, you know, the name of the game, obviously, it's not about money, but it's rather about what appeals to your to your demographic, to your audience, is the views. Like, if you're getting a lot of viewers on something consistently, it usually means a lot of people find it appealing, right? Uh, so I think that not being afraid to, to double down on content works, right? And a good example of that is Bufferetti, man. Like, that guy, for all his meme-ish and his, uh, you know whatever i think at the end of the day like he did those fast cycle decks and that really grew his channel from averaging like 3k views per video to over 20k views per video because he like kind of just did a million like every card in the game in the fastest cycle deck ever and although mm -hmm. you can make fun of it and say it's unoriginal and stupid and whatever and clickbaity it still worked as a growth strategy you know so people want to watch just give him that yeah people want to watch it people a lot of people tune in for it and people a lot of people obviously like it so i think that like that's one thing doing market research so seeing if you're out of ideas go to somebody else's channel go to somebody else's stream and like i have a tab on my my computer with i don't know 50 content creators of all different languages and every day i look to see what they did in the last like days you know every day the first thing i do is open them on in uh in separate tabs on my computer and just quickly scroll through and just kind of see what's going on and if somebody especially like an example would be like with Zach. He's a big Spanish YouTuber, Clash Royale. And, you know, sometimes I'll just look through and I'll be like, oh, a week ago he had a video that blew up doing this. Like he, he mm -hmm. or maybe his thumbnail was really cool. So I'll give it to my thumbnail artist. And I'll be like, hey, try to make a thumbnail kind of like that. Well, that kind of style, you know, or a topic that I never thought of. And I'm like, okay, I can do that in my own way, you know. So don't be afraid to take inspiration from other content creators out there too. Uh, as long as you kind of, you know, make it your own, you know? So uh, I guess those are like small tips, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, don't be afraid, don't try to be, and this is like such a, a corny advice that goes to anything in life, but like, don't try to be somebody that you're not, you know, if you're not a pro player, don't try to pretend like you're a pro player. If you're not a, you know, I don't know, just don't, don't be afraid to be yourself, you know?
hundred percent. I, I agree on that. Ten million percent. I, I think that it's great, like, especially doubling down on your strengths and like you know if you find out something that works, double down on it. But also not being afraid to try new things. Like who cares if you put out a video and it bombs and nobody likes it? Like who cares? Then just don't do it again. You know, it's not gonna like don't limit your creativity because like a lot of the thing that I see is that people become creatures of the algorithm, right? So they find something that works and then they get limited to that. It's especially evident on Instagram where like take like bikini models for example like they want to talk about other things but they get the most likes when they, when they post pictures in their bikinis right so they they become constrained by the algorithm right it, and it limits your creativity so so don't be afraid to try new things and like really push the limits and you know don't stress the algorithm that would be i know that was a question for you but i wanted to chime in there no um, i liked it yeah it's, it's true man it's true it's true it's I, I noticed it in my own behavior advice, too <laughs> so i you know i just want to put that out there because even if it helps one person i think it's worth it no, so no more. You're gonna promise right now on the record, no more bikini pics on your Instagram. Uh, it's high. I, no promises. You, you know, I got so many. I got so many of them in stockpiled. You know, I, I might have to post them every once in a while. All right. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> I know you look we'll forward to those. We'll keep an eye on you. Keep an eye. Yeah, on you. I'll limit it to, to one a day. Okay. All right, guys. That's. I think we should. Uh, I think that's a. I think that's a good way to round it out and on my my bikini yeah, man, pics. Yeah, so, so much for having me, dude. It was a pleasure talking some clash and life and whatever. You know, I, you know this already, but I've, I've been a fan of you. And I think that, you know, I have the highest expectations because I, I feel like you can truly, you know, achieve pretty much anything, whether it's with Clash Royale or or any any sector of, of gaming or just content. So keep up the good work, man. No, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks a million for being here. It's it's absolutely incredible. That's that's one of the, the greatest things is, as I would say, the leader of the Clash Royale community for, for sure. And then definitely one of the big names in mobile gaming. Like you, you make everyone you know you're not too big for for even someone like me like i'm such a small creator compared to you and but you're you like you still interact with everybody in the community and that's what it really makes you like the guy like the, the king of the castle the leader like nah, that's, bro, that's how at least i see you. like i know i'm ga i'm gassing you up real hard right now but like that's how at least nah. i see you and and i know yeah. a lot of the community sees you as, as that as well it's just like a someone that we can relate to and talk to and you're not you're not too big for, for the small guys if that makes sense well thanks man i think that you know the community is not that big where creators need to be you know like sheltered in a you know yeah. uh, in, in some house on a hill somewhere it's like you know it's uh it's not that big of a deal and i feel like a lot of people do what i do so i appreciate your words uh but thanks man appreciate it mm -hmm. yeah someone said someone in the chat said you give back a lot which is a great way to simplify what i just said you just you give back way more than anybody right, that i know right, of, of no 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 we're still we're still going i'm not done i gotta gas you up but but no it's true there's so many things behind the scenes that, that this guy does that it's just you guys have no idea about it's it's incredible everything everything you think about him magnify it by a hundred that it's just a great dude just a genuinely great dude all right that's that's <laughs> i'm done now i'm done all right so that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up um thanks again ash for being here for real it, it means the world to me this is absolutely incredible um Thank you guys for, for listening, whether you're watching live on Twitch or if you're listening to this audio on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever, um, YouTube. Thank you guys for listening. I really do appreciate it. Stay tuned for the next one. Um, I don't know who we got yet, but I'm sure it's going to be a good one. So, Ash, one, one last time, thank you for being here. Um, at CWA is your is your Twitch, right? For anyone That's, that uh, by some uh, miracle, yeah, is not, yeah. <laughs> in case yep. there's some miracle that someone's following me but not you, definitely you got, you got to follow at CWA. But That's it. Thanks, man. Um, We'll wrap it up there. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, chat. Bye, guys.